Welcome to Passion Life Church. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to Romans chapter 5, verse 17, if it's okay with you, I just want to do a little bit of a recap in this Dominion series because we in, are in part three. And I've called today, if you're taking notes, authorized authority. But if it's okay with you, I want to take a a little bit and just recap because we took a break last week and talked about our heart for the house. Is anybody excited about what God is about to do? All right. One person back there. Let me just tell you something about faith. Faith has a shout before it sees. And so we've got a shout, even when it looks like the walls are still up, just like they did in Jericho. How many of you know, if you'll shout, you'll see But if we just go by what we see, that's not faith. We have to believe and express it with our mouth and shout. You know, I love this series entitled Dominion. Would you say that word with me? Would you say Dominion? I love this series because so many people don't really know and understand their God-given dominion. You know, and I, I know some of you today, you may have never heard. Could you guys just turn me down a little bit, please? Just, I would appreciate it. I know some of you today have never really heard a message about dominion. And I think it's because it's not a word that we use in our everyday vocabulary, right? In our day-to-day conversations, like you didn't ask your friend, did you take dominion today, right? Like it's not something that we would actually use. And I was thinking about this even as a pastor, this word dominion, it really, it's usually only a word that we use in church or kind of in Bible study. Yes, I know how to exercise my dominion, but I'm just saying the word dominion is not a commonly used word. For example, let me just tell you, we were at home the other day and um, I had just sat down on the couch. How many of you know everything happens when you just sit down? How many of you know that? Like when you're up and things are good, right? It's like it could happen, but right as you get comfortable, my wife was in the kitchen and she's cooking and stuff. And all of a sudden she starts screaming and she runs into, you know, the living room. And I thought, oh my gosh, what, what, you know, what is happening? And I thought, well, maybe, you know, she now has committed to be gluten-free. So I didn't know if she saw a piece of bread that had a gluten packaging on it, just got triggered or whatever. And just was like, Hey, you know, but that wasn't at all. No, she said, I saw a spider. It was a huge spider. And let me just tell you something about spiders. They're always bigger than they actually are. Can I hear a good amen today? Because that's exactly what fear does. Fear exaggerates, right? But I love my wife, and and so I didn't get up. I was just kind of looking at her, you know? And I I was in shock. I was like, I don't know what's going on right now. And I had just sat down, right? But I didn't use the word dominion. Like, when she ran in screaming, and go, honey, like, why don't you just take dominion over the spider? You know, the Bible says we have scripture over every creeping thing, right? That we could, and even as a pastor, I didn't say that. So I got up, and by the time I got up, the spider was gone. And so uh, just pray. I had to curse it in Jesus name. And then we called uh, all the people that know how to spray for those things. Can I hear a good amen? It's faith and practicality, right? But I think this word dominion, because it's not in our, our daily vocabulary, it's possible that we never really discover the power that we have in our lives because we just don't understand dominion. And I think it's actually the reasons why a lot of God's people 
a lot of believers, a lot of Christians, they're just not seeing the life that God has for them. They're living less than God's best. And I honestly believe that it's dominion. Dominion is literally the key that's going to unlock your next level of what God has for you. Can anybody say amen this morning? And exercising dominion will get you back what the devil has stole from you. Have you found Romans chapter 5 verse 17? This has been our theme verse. It says this, much more those who receive abundance of grace. Notice it's not just grace. It's the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign. Come on, somebody say reign. In life through Jesus Christ. So we reign through Jesus Christ. Let me just recap here for a minute. We talked about the last time we were together talking about dominion, that dominion is received before it's achieved. We receive God's grace by faith. You can't earn it. You didn't deserve it. But it's faith that says, thank you, God, for this gift of grace. Righteousness is a gift that God gives to us. He gives freely to us because of what Jesus did on the cross. You can't earn righteousness. You receive righteousness. And Romans chapter 5 verse 17 tells us this. It tells us that when you receive righteousness, righteous people reign in life. Righteous people reign in life because why? Dominion comes into your life. So I'm saying this because I didn't earn dominion. I received dominion by what Jesus Jesus did on the cross. If you believe it, come on, shout this morning. And I, I, I'm saying this for a reason, because when you begin to walk in your God-given dominion, you're going to get criticized. People are going to be critical. They're going to persecute you. They're going to say, you know, who do you think you are to act like that so confidently? Who do you think you are to pray like that? Listen, who do you think you are? You actually think you can live a better life? Absolutely, I can. It's actually the God kind of life that Jesus came to give me. And here's the great thing. They can receive it too, because it's a gift. It's a gift. Now, when I use the gift that God gives me, it actually honors God. If when my grandmother died, if she left me a brand new Mercedes SUV, she didn't, but if she did, come on, let's imagine for just a moment. If she did, and I drove up to church, right, in that some people may be mad, some people may accuse me of this or that, but can you, can you, the honest to God thing is that when I use the gift that she gave me, it honors the gift giver. When you use God's dominion, it honors him and his kingdom. And so this morning, I want to talk about having authorized authority. Would you say that with me? Authorized authority. Because you have authority that God has given you, and it's been authorized. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus said this, And Jesus came and spoke to him, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. You know, I like to look up words in the original language because I think it helps expand our vocabulary. This word authority means power, the power of authority, influence, and of right and privilege force the ability or strength with which one is endued whether he is either possesses it or exercises it i like to break things down a little bit more simpler so let me say it this way authority simply means the right to use power the right to use power now 
Today I'm going to say some things that maybe you've never really heard. Religious people don't like this message. Religious people will stop right here and they will tell you, yes, oh, God is all-powerful. Yes, I believe that God is all-powerful. How many of you believe that? I believe that too. But how many of you know that his power didn't stop with him? He actually gave it to his children. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, it says, this is Jesus talking. He says, behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. I love the Amplified Classic. It says, and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses. Listen to that. Over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing. Listen, nothing and nothing and nothing and nothing. In Spanish, it's nada. In the Greek language, it's nothing. Nothing shall by any means harm you. I was looking at those words, the serpent and the scorpion, and I thought from somebody who's been bitten by a scorpion, I want to know what this is about. But basically what Jesus was saying is that you have power to trample over serpents, right? Serpent, the serpent was an emblem of evil. It was an emblem of cunning deceit. Scorpions in the Bible are used to symbolize fear and dread, the power of evil. You know, you look at a scorpion and all of a sudden you can just start having fear and 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 dread but haha i got stung and i'm still alive i'm telling you they like this mexican food come on somebody they like this puerto rican stuff so did the flies and the mosquitoes i don't know what it is about that but the bible says that the authority that jesus had he didn't keep he actually gave it to his sons and his daughters and the bible says that nothing shall by any means harm you so the authority that jesus has he gave to you can you receive that today can you receive that authority now so here's what i did and i have just been studying the bible this is the way i study the bible i thought okay so here's jesus and he's saying i'm giving you authority so i wondered are these the same greek words when jesus said all authority is given to me and now jesus is giving us authority maybe this word is a lesser than authority that jesus got do you know in the greek language the authority that when jesus said all authority has been given to me and when he he says, I give you authority. The word is exactly the same. It's the same word. Come on, say that with me. Say it's the same word. So there's no difference in the authority that Jesus had and the authority that he gave to you. See, I want you to walk out of here today, not insecure. I want you to walk out of here today, confident in the authority that Jesus had, has given you. And so Jesus didn't give you a lesser authority, just like Jesus didn't give you a lesser Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, and if, everybody say if. And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Jesus Christ from the dead will also restore life to your mortal body, short-lived perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The Phillips translation says this. It says, nevertheless, once the spirit of him who has raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he will, watch this, by the same spirit, not a lesser spirit. You don't have the mini me Holy Spirit. You have the same spirit that got Jesus's dead body out of the tomb. 
Can I just stop you for a minute? Do you know what they did to his body? Do you know that Jesus didn't die from lethal injection? He could have. He could have come and just said. He came when torture and capital punishment was at its worst. Isaiah says that when you looked at Jesus on the cross, you couldn't even tell that he was a man. Why are you saying this? Because what I'm saying, his body was, now, not one of his bones was broken, but the Bible says that when you looked upon it, you couldn't even tell that he was a man. But yet God took that body and raised it from the dead because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that spirit resides in you and in me. It's the same Holy Spirit. You got to know that as you walk around the earth, that you are not alone, that wherever you go, the Holy Spirit is with you. And if he can raise up Jesus's body, then he can raise up your body. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is not just to be contained in us. It's actually supposed to quicken our mortal body. This is important because when you have symptoms in your body and things come into your body, this is where dominion starts to take effect. You have to remind yourself of the spirit that relies on the inside of you. If the same Holy Spirit can raise Jesus and his dead body, that same spirit will raise you up. Raise you up. Don't let that blow your mind. Let that renew your mind. I, I, when I was putting this together, I just stopped there for a minute because we can read over scripture and just go, mm-hmm, that's good. No, it's not just good. It's true. And so you have to start renewing your mind to who you are in Christ. When the Bible says that you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit, God, his presence, his holiness, his power resides in his children. It's powerful. Now, I think that there's some keys that we have to understand to walk in this authorized authority. How many of you came, glad you came to church today? You know, I used to work in a hospital. Uh, one of my jobs when I graduated Bible college, I went to an internship. They were <laughs> great. I was grateful enough that they hired me right out of Bible college to do their youth ministry. So I had to get a job because I was volunteering. And uh, at the hospital, my job was in transportation. And what that means is that all of the, <laughs> the patients that expired, that means died, they call me to bring them up. I worked at the night shift, and so there was some, sometimes 12, 1 o'clock at night, right? I'm taking those dead bodies down to the morgue. And then uh, because I worked in the hospital, I had a, a, a name badge that gave me access and, uh, to other places where people couldn't go. Others were restricted from these places, but because of my name badge, I had an all-access pass to restricted places in the hospital. And see, you have to see yourself that way. You have an all-access pass to the Father, of the God of the universe because of what Jesus did. And it's not your name badge, it's Jesus' name badge that gives you access to all the grace and the righteousness and healing and power. Can I hear a good amen today? And you have access because you have authorized authority to go where other people won't go. They can have access too, but you are understanding who you are in Christ. But see, here's how we walk in the authority that God has given us. Number one, if you're going to have and walk in the authority, this word has to be the final authority in your life. 
It has to be the final authority. So here's where the tension lies. I'm telling you, you have authority today, not because I want to be positive. Have a positive message today. Really going to go encourage the people. I just want you to walk out the door and go past the village. It's like, it was positive. I'm not telling you this today because it's positive. I'm telling you today because this is God's word. And I can struggle with authority, but when we struggle, and I have, I have. As a new believer, there's a lot. I was in process, and there's a lot of things I'm still in process, I'm still understanding. But this simple truth I can understand is a little tough. But today, despite how you feel, because you may feel like God's authority, God's spirit is in me. Yes, and you know why? Because if you make a decision that this word is the final authority above what you even think and what you feel, you'll start to walk in this. But it has to be the final authority. See, I got got to tell you, here's why God's my final authority. Because God is who he says he is, and what he is is what he is. (laughs) What he says is what he is. You can't separate God and his word. Why is it? John chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning was the word. Everybody say word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Verse two, and it was the same from the beginning. Jesus was the word. I had somebody tell me the other day, they said, you know, I believe in Jesus, but when I read the Bible, I don't believe like an Adam and Eve. I don't believe. Well, can I just tell you this? Jesus is the word. And he was the word made flesh to you. That's, that, that, that's, that's my prayer for you today, is that this word would be made flesh to you. And I thank you guys. I really do. A lot of you have complimented. You say, you know, Pastor Phil, one of the reasons I come to Passion Life Church is because I feel like when you preach, it's applicable to my daily life. I can use it tomorrow. That, to me, is the word becoming flesh. It's coming flesh to you, right? Why do I... Believe that God's word is my final authority. Hebrews chapter one, verse three, it says, he is the radiance, talking about Jesus, of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds, listen to this, the universe by the word of his power. Oh, Pastor Phil, you know, we gotta, we gotta watch what we do to the planet because, you know, global warming and all that stuff. And yeah, you know what? That's right. This world's gonna pass away and God's not gonna have anything to do with it. Actually, the Bible doesn't say, uh, anything about that. It actually says that this whole world is held up by this word. So I'm not going to worry about all the stuff that's going on in the planet. I'm going to concentrate on his word because his word is holding up the universe. Now, how many of you think that if his word can hold up the planet, if his word can hold up the universe, that his word can actually hold our lives together? No matter what's going on, man, it can hold our lives together. That's powerful. That's powerful. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, right? But the word of God, it lasts forever. Why is the word my final authority? Because his word and his character are one. The psalmist said this, Psalm 138, verse 2. He says, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise the name for your loving kindness, for your truth. Watch this. For you have magnified your word above all your name. God says this. God says, if I don't keep my word, I am not who I say I am. So I have dominion today because God's word has dominated my heart. 
And it's got to be the final authority. No matter what diagnosis has been spoken over you, no matter your history, you've got to come to a decision and settle in your heart. His word is the final authority. You know why? Because we can only rule according to the revelation that we know. So we have to read the word and allow it to be the final say, no matter what's happening in the world. Pastor, feel the world is going cray cray. Man, there's a lot of evil out there. I know, but that's not my final authority. My final authority is the word of God. John chapter 16, verse 33, it says, in this world, you will have trouble. He told us like right up front, hey, you're going to have trouble. Watch this, but take heart because I have overcome the world. That's final to me. No matter what I see, no matter what I hear on the news, his word. Listen, trouble doesn't trump his word. He has already overcome the world. And if his word is the final authority in your life, you'll overcome too. God didn't make his people to be weak and defeated. He meant for us to have dominion and overcome in this life. But here comes the tension. I believe in every message there should be a little bit of tension. Just like in every movie, there's always a little bit of tension. And herein lies the tension. Because what happens is, you know why people don't walk in authority? All right, listen, I'm going to help you because this helped me. You know why they don't walk in God's authority? Because they have another word that they have made their final authority. Whatever word is the final authority in your life, that word will dominate your life. Some of you are not living under this word. You're living under the word of your ex-husband. For some of us, we're not living under the word of God. We're living under the word of people who walked away and spoke negative things. And so because we have made that our final authority, instead of having dominion, now we are dominated by a word that you have made final. You know, in 30 years of ministry, I, I, this one counseling session that I talked with, it really blew me away. Because there was a, a man, this is probably about 20 years ago, he was having a lot of problems, a lot of issues. And so we whittled it down to this. Now think about this, because I'm telling you something that really happens in people's lives. His mother had passed away. She's gone. But the words that she had spoken over his life have literally crippled him. Why is that? Because he allowed her word to trump this word. And when it trumped this word, instead of having dominion, now he's dominated, think about this, by somebody who is not even around anymore. And I'm not putting anybody down, but what I'm saying is that this happens in our lives with diagnosis, with all of these things. And what we can do is take that word and we exalt it and we make it our final authority. Are you listening this morning? This is exactly... What happened in the garden with Adam and Eve, right? They were in the garden with God, walking in the cool of the day, and then here comes the snake. Now, can I ask you a question? Did Adam and Eve have dominion over the snake? Yes. How do we know that? 
Because the word says, I give you dominion over all of the elements. So here comes the snake. What happened with Adam and Eve? Simple, what I'm talking about today. The word of the snake became their final authority over God's word. Now, you have to understand something. And I really want you to focus this morning because herein lies the tension. And you have to understand this about God and his authority. God established his authority and he himself operates under the authority that he himself establishes. We're going to go a little deep here this morning. God operates within the laws of his own authority. Everybody look at me. And he will not violate his own word. All right, here we go. Did you ever wonder why when the snake came to Adam and Eve, God just didn't show up in front of Adam and Eve and crush the snake? Did you ever wonder why he didn't do that? Do you know? I'm going to tell you. Say, thanks, Pastor Phil. The answer why God didn't come in the garden and smash the snake for Adam and Eve is because God doesn't violate his own word. God said, let man have dominion. Now, this is deep, but it's the truth. God was abiding by the word he himself said over man to his own detriment. Think about it. Just think about it for a minute. If Jesus, if God came in the garden and squashed the snake for Adam and Eve, he wouldn't have to have had his son, Jesus, come to humanity. How easy would that have been? But God does not violate his own word. When he said, let man have dominion, he let man have dominion. If man doesn't use the dominion that God gave them, this is why it wasn't because he didn't love Adam and Eve. No, he loved them. But because he said that they were to have dominion, he would not violate his own authority. I'm going to flip it. Say flip it. This is why. Now, you can think, ah, dominion, that's not, that's not a big deal. It's the Old Testament. That's, that's the creation. But we just read in Romans that in the New Testament, he could have just given us grace. He could have just given us righteousness. But he said, again, it's so important that you reign in life. Can I hear a good amen today? that you reign in life. So God has established this authority and he's given it to you. I hope this is going to help you today. Remember Moses? Remember when Moses was at the threshold of the Red Sea? And remember Egypt, the Egyptians were coming and he's looking at the Red Sea and he starts crying out to God, God, please help us, God. And God says this. I don't know how you picture God, but this is what God says to Moses. Why are you crying out to me? Listen, Moses, take the rod that's in your hand. This is the exact quote from the Bible. Listen, why are you crying out to me? 
stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Moses dividing the sea. Moses was exerting dominion over the Red Sea. Notice God didn't say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this. No, he said, Moses, if you will stretch out your hand, the sea will be divided. Why? Because you have power, Moses. It's pretty amazing. So I can trust someone who abides by their word no matter what. Because God abides by the authority that he himself sets. Why am I saying this to you? I'm saying this to you so when God says to you, behold, I have given you authority and power, his word is final to you. You can trust in that. You have all the power of God in his word. But how do we do it? We have to exercise this dominion. How do you do that? You do it by declaring God's word. Now, many people don't know how to declare God's word because they don't know God's word. Reading the Bible has just kind of become some religious thing. But let me just say it again. It's so important. You can only rule according to the revelation that you know. And so some of you today are waiting on God and God's waiting on you to exercise the authority that he's already given you. Can I just help you today? Some of you are like, things aren't moving forward. I've prayed and I've prayed and you're like Moses, God, God. And God has said, I've already given you the authority. See, the vast majority of the body of Christ believe that God can do anything. When you talk to people, God can do anything. They believe that God can do anything, but they don't believe in what he's already done. See, faith is not God will. Faith is it's already done. It's already done. God's going to bring healing. It's already done. 2,000 years ago, by his stripes, we were already healed. So you can pray and you can ask God to do what he's already done. But can I just tell you, Jesus is not going to the cross again. He loves you, but he's not going to do that for you because it's already done. It's already done. This is big. I'm trying to reinforce into you how, how good God is and his authority is that you can actually think about it. You can make a decision to say, this is the final authority in my life. This is what it is. So what do you do? You begin to take God's promises and you begin to profess them over your life. I am big on confession. What I'm teaching you has really changed my life because this is very important. We are to speak promises, not just to God. We actually are to speak to the problem directly with the authority that you have. If some of you would speak to your problems like you spoke to your kids, you'd have real life victory. John, come over here. Now. And then we do the countdown. Five, four, three, right? 
if you would just speak to the mountain, what is the mountain? The mountain is any problem that stands between you and the promise of God. Listen, Mark chapter 11, verse 23, he says, for surely I say to you, whoever says, whoever says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast to the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says, can I ask you a question just real quick? Do you even believe everything you say? I'm asking you because everything God speaks, he has to do. I know I'm just saying, cause I tried to plan a party here in California. You know how many cancellations you get with people that said they were going to come moving on. I look at that in relationships. Are you who you say you are? Or do you just talk a lot? Does your word mean anything to anybody? Can I ask you a question? Does your word mean anything to you? Can I just tell you something? That's kind of, for me, a scale. Because what your word means to you really shows me how much you value God's word. Because God and his word are one. And we've got to come back to the place where our word is who we are. I love Josh. Josh, is an, he's a director of our op- operations. Every time Josh says what he's doing, I mean, I've known him for three years. If he says he's going to be there at 5, he's there at 4.50. Come on, somebody. He is who he says he is. You know what? I can, I can have friends like, that's the friend I want to be. I know things happen. I'm not trying to bring condemnation. I'm just saying to us, we say so many things that we forget the value of our words. And we take that into our spiritual life and we think that God is the same way. The Bible says that his word can never return void. All right, I know it's not January 1st and we're not talking about resolutions, but can I just help you? This week, think about everything you say you have to do. Watch your life change. Watch your relationships shift to say, hey, I don't know if I can do that. But the Bible says words have power. We're gonna elaborate on this a little bit more. But the Bible says you have to speak to the mountain. The Bible also says when it talks about worry, it says, watch, take no thought saying. See, it's okay to think certain things, but once it comes out your mouth, it has an expression and it gives life to that thought. And I'm not going to speak anything that is not according to God's final word over my life. Whether you feel it or not, you have to speak God's word over your life. I've been doing that lately. I know I feel this way. No, but the final authority is not my feelings. It's God's word. Can I hear a good amen today? This is powerful. Now, again, you say, Pastor Phil, that's a little aggressive. Listen, I didn't earn dominion. I received it. And when I use it, it glorifies my Father in heaven. I'm going to tell you, and and I'm going to end with this story today. You know, my mom, I love her. She's, uh, I believe she's 70 years old. And uh, she's a big influence on my life. It still is. I mean, I, I call her, and she's, I, she's like the walking word. Like, she just always coming out of her mouth. I mean, I think if you cut my mom, just like the King James would come out. I mean, it, it's an amazing thing. Amazing thing. And she takes this word, and she speaks it. She spoke it over me when I wasn't living for God. She prayed, and she spoke. I remember a time where she was living in Chatsworth, California. I was still in Texas, and there was some fires that had happened 
And uh, they were getting close to her house, her condo that she lived in at the time. And we were talking on the phone, and they were issuing the evacuation notices. And she was just telling me how she was praying. She took Psalm 91, and she began to speak it over her life. Like she, like she really believed it. That it wasn't just some theoretical like, oh, this is a good. That she began to put God's word in her own mouth and believe it. And she began to speak to the fire and said, you cannot have our condo. And she began to use the name above every name that each and every one of you have available to you. Yeah, and she evacuated. But here's what, and every time I think about the story, it still gives me chills. Because I remember going to visit her probably like two or three weeks out from Texas. And we got to the condo and she says, here, I want to show you something. And so we walked outside the condo and she says, I want to show you where the fire ended. And literally here's her condo and all of the black part of the fire was right there by that, by that wall. It stopped probably 50 yards from her condo. Wouldn't you be thankful if you had a neighbor that had dominion? But you know what people do? Oh, it is what it is. Maybe God's trying to show me something. Maybe God's bringing his judgment on California. But a woman who was in her 60s knew that she had dominion. She knew the property that God had given her. And she began to declare God's word over her life and her family. And the fire stopped. It did. I saw it. Whether you believe it or not, it's still good. I can remember it in my mind. It was all black. And she said, look what the Lord did. Because God never goes back on his word. My church family, when God establishes his authority, he abides by it. And you know what he's done for you and I? He's authorized for you to have his authority. Now, I want to close with this. If it's not in the word of God, then you can't have it. But if it's in his word, you can speak it with authority. So this may even change the way you pray. So you can pray, God, heal me. But healing is already supplied. And just like Peter and John at the gate, beautiful, when they saw the lame man, they didn't stop and lay hands on him and say, Jesus, please heal him. They say, what did they say? Silver and gold have I none, but what do I have? My church family, what did they had? They had the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And instead of petitioning, they begin to declare, get up and walk. And they spoke faith-filled words into legs that had never moved. And because of that faith, that man began to stand up. And some of us, I think, would walk by and go, well, maybe it's just not God's will. No. Listen to this, and I'm going to close. See, the gap between the enemy's attack and the victory that has already been ensured is the authority that I need to enforce. I'm going to say that again. The gap between the enemy's attack on my life and the victory that has already been ensured is the authority that I need to enforce. 
You know, I've been attacked a lot in my life. And I know when attacks come, it's because the next level is arriving. I've been attacked with sickness. And here's what I speak to sickness. You have no legal right to remain in this body. In Jesus' name. I'll say this, I'm going to pray. But there are people who actually believe that God is trying to teach them something because of sickness. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you believe that, if you believe God is trying to teach you, don't go to the doctor and don't take medication. Wait till you learn the lesson of what God is trying to teach you, but don't try to get better till you learn the lesson. But why would God try to teach you with sickness when he has already overcome it? And you have to settle in your mind, this word will be my final word. This word is what I live my life under. Period. In Jesus' name. Come on, did you learn something today? Would you give the Lord a great round of applause? Come on, many of you, I think, are waiting on God. God's waiting on you to use that authority to speak his word. You're already authorized. Say that with me. Say, I'm already authorized. Come on, I'm authorized in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.